This program is brought to you by Pussy Magnets. Put an inch on your friends with a Pussy Magnet. Welcome, welcome, my lovely lumps. Or should I say lovely labs? I'm so thrilled to have you here in the Labia Lounge to yarn about all things sexuality, womanhood, holistic health, and everything in between. Your legs. <laughs> Ah, can never help myself. Anyway, we're going to have vag loads of real chats with real people about real shit. So buckle up, you're about to receive the sex ed that you never had and have a bloody good laugh while you're at it. Before we get stuck in, I'd like to respectfully acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I'm recording this, the Manang people. It's an absolute privilege to be living and creating dope podcast content on Noongar country and I pay respect to their elders past, present and emerging. Now, if you're ready, let's flap and do this. (laughs) Oh God, is there such thing as too many vagina jokes in the one intro? (laughs) Whatever, I'm leaving it in. It's my podcast. Don't panic, you're not broken. Your sex education was a piece of shit. Get your flaps out and pull up the couch. It's the Labia Lounge. Hey, my labia lovers, welcome back. So this episode is going to be something slightly different to the usual MO here in the lounge, and it's probably going to be about something that a lot of you won't have heard of or even knew existed. Um, but if you or someone you love has ever had eczema or, you know, tricky skin challenges, then this one's for you. And we're going to be raising awareness about a thing called topical steroid withdrawal, aka TSW, which is something that can happen if you use certain creams, steroid creams that are really commonly recommended or prescribed for eczema and other skin conditions. And I'd never heard of this, but a friend of mine has illuminated this topic for me recently because I've been fucking battling eczema and I'll get into that later. But I'm now possibly on the brink of having this TSW myself. So when we got chatting about it the other day, I asked Carla to join me in the lounge to help us understand the potentially diabolical consequences of using these creams and and abusing these creams. So welcome, Carla. Grab yourself a clit cushion. Get comfy. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Freya. Thank you for the introduction. Um, Yes, we did connect upon uh, eczema. And prior to that, it was yoga, I believe, at Shining Light Mm. Studio. (laughs) Yeah, wow. Gosh, that felt, that just feels like anything pre pandemic feels like freaking years ago. Well, it was years ago. (laughs) Many Um, years ago. (laughs) Yeah. So, to give you all a bit of background, Carla's here to, well, not background, but just some context. Carla's here to discuss her journey with topical steroid withdrawal um, and how the Western medical system failed her, how she found treatment and alternative healing practices, and how she's invited in a slower way of healing to really get to the root cause of her disease. And I will give a little caveat, like neither Carla nor I are experts on this topic, although Carla has spent the last you know, two and a half years doing extensive research and going down this this rabbit hole. Um, so she's a wealth of knowledge and a really fierce advocate for those suffering with this condition. Um, and so she's coming on the show today to share, share her truths. That might not be everyone's, you know, this is going to be about our experiences um, and to connect with others who might be experiencing this and help create a community outside the Western medical system 
since, you know, this Western medical system largely denies that TSW is even a thing. It denies that it's a side effect of the prescribed cream that they're just giving out willy-nilly to people with skin conditions. Um, so, yeah, it's, I mean, that's a fucking common narrative, isn't it? Um, mm. Bit of a familiar one, medical system just gaslighting patients and invalidating their experiences and throwing pharmaceutical solutions at us like it's fucking Christmas. <laughs> um, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's not medical advice that's being thrown around on this potty and I just wanted to say that like we're going to be exploring the topic and sharing what um you know we've experienced and what Carla's learned through all of her extensive research um and advocacy and so hopefully this will be really interesting and valuable for you um if it's relevant and and maybe it'll come in handy in the future as well if you tackle eczema um or you get prescribed topical steroids. So that's just a little, yes, Bill. Did you have anything to add to that, Carla? Mm, yeah, I guess I completely agree. Even two years and two months into my withdrawal, um, despite all the research that I've done, I'm still very much being monitored by integrative doctors. Um, and I still have a faith in the medical system. It's just now I question things before believing them. So that's, that's the biggest mm. point, I think, because we're stripped from our sovereignty and our mm. understanding that our body actually does know best um, and we yeah. put our trust in people that we believe we can trust because they're meant to be informed. But the truth is that, mm. yeah, there's there's always alternatives. We're just not aware of them and we've got to dig sometimes. So, yeah, in no way am I a doctor, but I do have many years of experience of battling this very insidious um, condition. Mm, yeah, beautiful. Well, on that note, I'd love you to tell us a bit about your story, about when, you know, your eczema started, how that all went down and like what your journey has been from that point because it's been pretty tumultuous and pretty horrific. So, feel free to just go nuts, give us the details <laughs> and let's get yeah. stuck in. Let's get red and raw, literally. Um, <laughs> um, but actually, I'm good at the moment, but yeah. Oh, trigopotamous words, but let's talk about it. Um, spread that awareness. Uh, so I pretty much apparently, according to my mom, had eczema as like a baby, quite young. Uh, I think maybe around the age of two or three, I started getting it. And she said I actually started getting it on my private parts. Um, so mm. on my little virgin when I was younger. And she took me to the doctor and they actually said, oh, okay, yeah, you need to put some steroids cream on her. And my mom said, are you kidding? Like, you want me to put steroid cream on her vagina? And they're just like, yeah, that's what we're going to prescribe you. And she said, would you put that on your kid? And they said, uh, yeah, probably not. And then they, she said, well, why would I put it on mine? So she was just spat the dummy and thought, no, nah, I'm not doing this. I'm going to take her to Bye, a path. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that was pretty tapped in for being 30 years ago as well. Um, and she took me to a naturopath and the naturopath kind of built a little bit of a relationship with me and cut out some dairy and thought dairy's probably not working for you and some strawberries and peanut butter, um, which are histamines, and mm -hmm. off it for about six months and boom, gone, never had eczema again. So that was definitely a diet, dietary kind of um, inflammation, which is very mm -hmm. common in kids. Kids tend to burn mm -hmm. out and grow out of eczema. It's just something that happens to them. But if they're given steroids from a young age, they may never get rid of the eczema and it will just mm. perpetuate the eczema itself. So mm. I was all good, hunky-dory, until um, something very traumatic happened in my life at the age of, I believe, 25. And 
my first boyfriend um, and very, very dear friend in the end. We weren't um, intimate at all, but we're very, very close friends. He ended his life quite suddenly but had seen me the night beforehand and I didn't realise he was actually saying goodbye. Um, so wow. that grief to me um, came about um, and during that period of grief I was struggling for two years just with stomach issues. I had quite a lot of gastritis that I believe was just from travelling to Mexico and India and gaining parasites. Mm. Um but, yeah, the grief really knocked me for six. And at that time I actually had started a new relationship um, and it was with a woman the first time I'd ever been with a woman. Um, and that was all exciting. So I was on the cusp of sort of death but also birth in the sense of like love, excitement, mm. fantasy, adrenaline, serotonin, dopamine, but then like really great loss and depression and sadness and just really these two Mm. conflicting emotions sort of at once. And it was probably three months after Tom had died that I started noticing a rash just in my upper thigh area. And I was really quite confused and I started thinking, what is this? Because I hadn't had anything like it. Um, Like I'm Italian and Mediterranean, normally have very tanned, like never had a skin issue nor a pimple, couldn't understand what was really happening at the stage and thought, wow, what's going on? And then I started getting bruising and all these other things and I thought, okay, it's time to see a doctor. I saw a doctor and they, you know, just wanted me to go straight on to a cream and I thought, no, I don't don't really want to do that. Um, So I went and saw a Chinese medicine doctor and was working with them for a while and that, you know, Chinese medicine, this is the thing with the Western world that we live in, is when you get sick, you don't want to be sick for long. You don't want to have a rush for mm. long. You want to get rid of it quick. Um, and these alternative practices, they require time and they require patience mm. and they require devotion yeah. above all. You can't just take a pill or take a cream and it will go. You have to cut out all the mm. things that could be triggers, deny yourself of pleasures that make you happy, sit in mm. the uncomfortable, in the vulnerable, especially skin conditions. They're just not to put any other condition aside, but they're visual on top of being physical. So it is a manifestation of, you know, how's your ego feeling? How's your self-esteem feeling? So um, taking a quick fix is really easy in that sense. Um, So I actually went to see a dermatologist. I saw them once and they prescribed me a cream that they said to use um, on parts of my body in which I had any sorts of flare-ups. So, yeah, I used this cream on and off for a period of two years. Um, there was times where I didn't touch it for six months. And I also moved to Byron Bay in this period. I was away for in, in India for about six months and then I moved to, to Byron Bay. Um, and I had a full-time job and I was just going to F45 on my lunch breaks and I was working nine till five and then I was busy on the weekend socialising and I was just on a grind which I loved at the time, but it was just burning me out. My cortisol levels were just through the roof, which is, Mm. yeah, probably why my skin got worse and worse up there on top of being in a moldy climate. Yeah. Um, And I started to notice that the skin started to get a bit worse, so I started putting the cream in places I'd never put it before, so a little bit on the eyelids, um, in between my um, arms where the creases are, behind my knees, Mm. just the the typical Mm. places. Um. So that started kind of happening and then COVID hit and I was made redundant and I just thought I can't, I can't keep living like this. I can't every day have to carry around a cream to put on me. 
um, that actually it actually wasn't working anymore. I just noticed my skin was breaking out in other places that had never broken out. And I was, I'd need more cream. I'd apply it more times in the daytime and it just didn't feel like it was getting to the root of the issue. It felt like it was actually just suppressing something that really truly needed to come out. Uh, mm. and so when COVID came, I thought this is a great opportunity, which I didn't know it was going to last for two years, might I add. I thought maybe a month or so. It would be a great time to detox, juice fast, do everything I could from every angle to tackle the root issue of this inflammation. Little did I know what was coming for me. Um, and to mm. be honest, if I knew what was coming for me, I don't think I would have ever made the decision to come off them because it is so traumatizing and horrific and painful. Um, I think it's the best thing I've done in my life, but it's been the dark night of the soul um, and mm. it's been beyond horrific in every shape and form. <laughs> yeah, wow. So what happened when you stopped using these creams? And, and just to clarify, like I'm pretty sure I remember you saying like your dermatologist um, prescribed you like six tubes of this stuff and yep. – I mean, that's already kind of crazy because you're not meant to use it for more than like two weeks, on, two weeks, it says on the thing. So like how would you get through six tubes in that time? Like that already seems like overkill Yes. Um, to give you that and not warn you. Um, but, yeah, we'll get to that. But it's it's um you can get it prescribed to you. It's also stuff you can just get um, over the counter at chemists um, even without a prescription. There's just varying like strengths, I think. Is that yes. right? Different strengths, um, different classes as well. So there's different percentages mm-hmm. than different classes. So the mm-hmm. six tubes I got were the tube was probably as big as my thumb and I got six mm-hmm. of them. So it was quite small. Mm-hmm. Right. I wasn't told that it was a class A, which means it's the strongest steroid you can get. So steroids mm-hmm. are pretty much the, the same as a light chemo therapy. I had no idea that it was that strong. Um Actually, I I did not do my due diligence and do research about what the side effects were because I went and paid $400 for a half an hour session with a dermatologist and thought, they know, they know, they know. So a part of my process in healing has actually had a lot to do with forgiving my dermatologist. I've written letters, uh, which I haven't sent to them, but I've had a lot of anger that I've harbored towards them Mm. because, yeah, I feel that I in a way, gave them an opportunity to heal me. And what they did is they made me really sick and I still haven't gotten better. So I've had to heal that psychological trauma and deep resentment and bitterness and anger. Um, And that's been a huge part of me moving forward. But, yes, I did have those six tubes and they were prescribed to me without absolutely any conversation about Mm. damages or what potency or what the harm they could do or what actually they do. What is a steroid? Mm. Um, Because Mm. it's so important. What it is is it's cortisone, which is a synthetic version of cortisol. And our cortisol is our stress response hormone. So pretty much your body is so, so intelligent. It just wants to stay in a place of homeostasis. So if you keep putting a synthetic hormone, which it believes is the real hormone, when you just stop taking this cream, which your body becomes completely reliant on it, uh, your body stops producing cortisol. So what happens? Your hair falls out, your skin falls off, you get nerve pain, get nerve damage all over your body, Um, you get tremors, you lose a lot of weight. Uh, I couldn't move personally for six months. I was completely bed bound. Um, I couldn't even get up to make myself a drink. I was 
It was also during lockdown as well. So um, up north, my family lives in Melbourne and uh, my partner had to take the role of being like a full-time carer. Um, And, yeah, the only way I could actually get through the day was I was microdosing on psilocybin um, and that was the only thing that could possibly get me through the day. Um, But other than that, every time I did go to a doctor, which was the worst part, they said, the only way I could get through this was to take steroids, have an injection of steroids. Um, and for me, that wasn't an option. Um, so they just said the only way you can get rid of it is to have more steroids. So in my head, at the age of 28, I'm thinking I'm going to need to be on steroids for the rest of my life, which is an, an immune suppressant, uh, which is pretty much just signing up for a death contract really mm. to, to uh, yeah, affect your immune system in that way. It's, yeah, it's it just frustrates yeah. me to the very core how they can think that something that potent is something that needs to be stayed on. Oh my god, totally. And so, yeah, like from when you stopped using the cream, like what happened? Like what what was the sort of sequence of events and all of your symptoms? You sort of touched upon a few of the common ones there, but yeah, yeah. I'd love to just hear what your what you've gone through. Yeah. Okay. So I uh, started off the symptoms with like straight away, um, deep, deep fatigue, like couldn't move. I like, couldn't move my body physically mm. because your cortisol is released in the morning and that's your get up and go. It's pretty much putting petrol in your tank to start the day. So I didn't have that. So I felt very tired, couldn't move. And after that, um, within a week or two, my whole body, like, and I only had eczema in tiny parts of my body before then went completely red, completely red. It's equivalent to sunburn, but internal sunburn. Um, And what it is, it's vasodilation. So the steroids, they constrict your blood vessels. That's part of what they do to stop the inflammation. So when you stop taking the steroids, your your blood vessels dilate um, really big because they're just so used to being constricted. Therefore, you become Mm -hmm. red everywhere. Um, So from that, you get a burning sensation. And then because you've got so much inflammation, my steroids can't pass through your pee, your urine, or your stools. They have to move through your kidneys. And to be detoxified through your kidneys, it means that they need to come through the skin. So the only way you get better from from stopping steroids is to purge it through your skin, which means you need to get so unwell. And whatever your condition was prior to the steroids, it will be a billion times worse. My whole body was red. Then you start oozing, which I'd never done before, which is where, yeah, just from your lymphatic system, you start oozing all this metallic smell out of your skin. It then Mm. crosses over and then you have layers of skin shed, like I'm talking like a lizard, layers and Mm. layers of skin shed, and then the cycle starts again. You go bright red, might be in that bright red stage for five days, then you go through the oozing stage then you go through the flaking stage and it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop and hasn't stopped for two years. Um, oh it's just God. a lot better than what it was. I have complete nerve pain and damage on all the skin surface area. So I couldn't, I still can't properly sleep on a bed. I have to lay on the floor um, because textures really affect me. The wind hurts my skin. Um, insomnia as well. I haven't slept really for two years. Because your, your cortis- adrenals are so burnt out. Absolutely, yeah. 
They're burnt out. They're confused. So, yeah, sleep has not been part of my life for a very long time. For the first six months of the TSW, I couldn't shower, I couldn't bathe because water feels like acid on your body. So I actually went in the ocean every day, even though it was so incredibly painful. I went in because I was just very um, hypervigilant about, A, being feeling clean um, and also getting away any infection if there was cuts. Mm. And salt water, just ionic magic really. Um, It's it's Mm. just so potent and sun, salt, like the true medicines of the world is where I really kind of sunk into. But, yeah, it's just like everything – got taken away from me um, and it was just so deeply traumatic. So, yes, that's why I do things like this with the podcast, to raise awareness because mm-hmm. they're so easily handed out by physicians um, and th- they don't even know what the side effects are. Hey, babe towns. So sorry to interrupt, but I simply had to pop my head into the lounge here and mention another virtual lounge that you've got to get around. It's the Labia Lounge Facebook group that I've created for listeners of the potty to mingle in. And there you'll find extra bits and bobs like freebies or discounts for offerings from guests who've been interviewed on the podcast, inspiring and thought-provoking conversations, and support from a community of labial legends. I also have an account on the fab new app Sunroom, which is a platform created by women for women and non-binary folk, and where there's no shadow banning or censorship of sex-positive content unlike with the other platforms that I'm on. So you can hit up my sunroom for extra content and real and raw life updates because I'll be sharing on there from now on all of the stuff that I can't post anywhere else. My vision for both of these is that they become really supportive, educational and hilarious resources for you to have more access to me and a safe space to ask questions that you can't ask anywhere else. So head over to the links in the show notes and I'll hopefully see you in there. And now back to the episode. Food. And it's a fucking cream. Like I cream. You just don't even think like, you know, none of us really even look at the, you know, the, the small print on things like that we actually take internally, like the pill and all, you know, if we all actually read the side effects of those and, and we learned about what they do in the body, no one would fucking take them. Absolutely But like not. that's one thing. A cream, like you don't expect a cream to be so powerful and have such. No. Like, I, I just like you know, it's something you rub on your skin. Like you don't think yeah. too much about it. No one warns you. Like the doctors, um, dermatologists, like people just honestly like hand it to you and they're like, "Yep, here you go." Blah blah blah. And I did once read on a tube. It said, "Don't use for any more than two weeks." And I remember being shocked. I was like, "Oh wow!" Like why that two weeks? That's not much. Maybe this has something in it that's a little bit. You know, but I was, I found it, I found that hard to believe that it was even, um, had the potential to be so damaging. And I was like, oh, they must just have to say that because, you know, some warning or whatever, but like, surely that's not the case. Um, so it's just wild that it's something that seems so innocuous and like seemingly harmless. Um, but it can have such a gnarly, like life changing effect. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, holy it's, it's, it's shit. incomprehensible. I still find myself in shock that it happened, is happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just it just truly baffles me that it can happen. But uh, when you learn, you know, I've gone so deep on Ayurveda and Chinese medicine and all these other alternative practices and 
they say, do not put on your skin what you wouldn't eat um, because your skin yeah. is your largest organ in your body and it absorbs straight to the bloodstream. Once it goes in the skin, it's in the bloodstream. So um, to not yeah. think that it will go into your bloodstream is, yeah, ignorant, but we're not meant to know because we put our trust somewhere else. But the funny thing mm-hmm. is when I do go to the doctors and I say, you know, I'm going through a steroid withdrawal, then they say, oh, what steroids were you on? I say topical. They say you can't get addicted to topical cream. And they Mm. they don't even think that you could, uh, yeah, get addicted to it. So that's how behind they are in the sense of systematically seeing the body body in a secular, oh, the skin is this organ, the kidneys is this organ, but actually they're all so interrelated uh, Mm. that they they lack that holistic approach, which in the end is so detrimental to the well-being and longevity and the health of someone. Oh, yeah. It's it's so fucked and it's not surprising that a huge part of your your journey has been forgiveness of that practitioner that just sort of so flippantly prescribed you something that has basically fucked your life um, and taken yes. away your livelihood and your social life and your self-esteem and like everything. Like, you know, I'd imagine you haven't been able to earn money when you're bedridden. You had to have your partner be a carer. Like, what if yeah. she hadn't been there? You know, what yeah. the fuck would you have done? Like, I'm I'm reading all of this stuff on these TSW support groups and these people are just housebound for years of their life sometimes, yeah. completely detached from society. They can't work. They're on disability. They, you know, they have no, no life anymore, no social life, no self-confidence, like anxiety, depression. It just has such a detrimental effect and not to mention like just the discomfort and pain and oh horrific 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 I actually can't go on those groups anymore it's freaking me out too much I'm like holy shit like this is so depressing um yeah so oh my god um I yeah I went to the doctor pretty recently um I generally try to avoid going to GPs because I always have I pretty much just end up in arguments with them because they don't fucking believe <laughs> anything that I'm trying to say and they're like oh that's not a thing what do you mean you're imagining it and I'm like oh my god um and I looked up there's on the um Itsan website which I'll put a link to it's like um the institute what does it stand for <laughs> I actually don't know what it stands for I've always just called it Itsan Topic, uh, Inter- Institute of Topical Steroid. Oh, it's the International Topical Something. Steroid Awareness Network. Ah, nice. Yeah, that's it. I should have written that down. Um, <laughs> so they've got a website with heaps of resources and info and they actually have a whole section that's for doctors because they're like, okay, this is a huge issue. There's not heaps of research on it, but it's it's growing and there's so much anecdotal evidence and more and more research now that like this is a thing doctors need to be aware of and they're – they've put a section to like show your doctor and like how to talk to your doctor, how to get them to actually take you seriously and take this seriously by laying out the studies. Um, And it just makes me so sad because like I went in, I wonder what happened. She wanted to give me steroids, you know. Uh I was like, what the fuck? Are you not even listening to me right now? Like this is blowing my mind. I've come in. I'm saying like this. Yeah, anyway. Um, But also I guess just to back up and give everyone a little bit of a backstory on my situation, I'm not – I don't think I'm going through topical steroid withdrawal. Well, I'd be 
I'd be having a very minor version potentially or it's looming because I think, you know, it can take a month or more for the symptoms to fully kick in in some cases. So I'm just crossing my fingers and my flaps that that's not going to be me. Uh-huh. But I, um, I've pretty much had, so I'll do another separate episode on mold because that is another silent killer. But I've been living in this house that turns out this rental that we've got turns out it had an underlying mold condition that we didn't know about when we moved in. I've got a mold sensitivity and mold can just be like insanely bad for your health. And so I've just been slowly but steadily declining in every facet of my world, like my mental health, my physical health, like everything's been going downhill. And pretty much a month after we moved into this house, which is just over a year ago now, I started getting little bits of eczema. And I also hadn't had eczema since I was a kid. So like used to get it when I was a kid. I'm celiac. So I'd eat gluten or I'd, you know, have some inflammatory stuff and my body would crack it. So I do have sensitive skin, but I hadn't had any major issues with eczema for years. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, it just started spreading and getting worse and worse. And I was really, I, I really subscribe to the don't um don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body like that used to be my slogan for drop the soap which is like an organic skincare brand that I have (laughs) um and I make all of my own body products I literally don't buy any like even natural stuff like I know it's great but I just make all my own um and so I was making my own creams and things like that Nothing was working, obviously, um, because it's it's all just, you know, a deeper underlying issue, which it always is. You generally can't treat stuff topically. You've got to get to the root cause. So, yeah, the mold was was really creating this horrible thing going on in my body. And then I eventually, when it started spreading, it was in all these areas that I'd never had it before. Like generally it would be as a kid, it was like in these sort of typical like you know, corners of my, yeah, creases of your elbows or behind your knees or whatever. I, I was getting it, like I've been getting it on my nipples. So like cracked, bleeding nipples, um, Mm. which initially I didn't know it was eczema because it's like different skin on your nips. And I just thought I kept sunburning them or something when I'd go Uh, to the beach. Um, but no, it it was eczema and it started spreading. So now it's like all over my breasts, Got it like, you know, in my armpits, like all over mm-hmm. my body now, my arms and my legs and my labia, which wow. was the fucking final straw. I was like, uh-uh, no, nah, fuck this. Like I'm there. not fucking doing this. Uh-huh. So I actually, and it's such a shame that that was, that was the thing that started making me use the steroid cream. But like everyone was just like, dude, like you just have to use it for like a little while. You use it for twice, like twice a day for a couple of weeks until the eczema is completely gone. And then your skin like rebuilds its kind of mantle and it can kind of, your body can get on top of it. And I was like, I don't know about this, but like, I'm also so not down for this. Like, you know, can't have sex, like very, very sore and itchy. And sometimes like it'll bleed because I've scratched it so much or it's like cracked open. Mm -hmm. So I can't swim in the ocean, can't really fucking do anything. And Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, I'm just going to use this cream. Fuck it. I'm going to give it a go. Nothing else has worked. Um, And so, yeah, started using just over the counter stuff. So luckily not a super turbo one from a dermatologist. Um, Thank fuck. Thank heavens. And um, yeah. And then I think because it's just so, it basically just makes you so reliant and you get relief almost instantly. Like when you first start using it and I would use the cream and I was like, oh, I can actually have sex again. I can actually go for a swim. I can actually like go for a run and sweat without it stinging and burning my whole body or, you know, put on a wetsuit without all of like, because I just can't, you can't do any of that. Like your skin's just 
Yeah. Yeah. You can barely bend bend your limbs where they're meant to bend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nope. <it's... laughs> There's no elasticity. Yeah. Um, you get it. So <laughs> so I just sort of started using it and I kept using it for longer than I anticipated because I just fucking needed it to be able to like get through like this workshop I was running. I was like, okay, I'll stop using it after I've done that. And I've just, you know, if I'm going away camping that weekend. So I, I definitely just need to keep using it then. And so I was kind of on and off. Yeah. Um, and, and then ended up probably using it on and off, um, for like six, six months, maybe a bit longer. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping to avoid the full blown withdrawal, um, condition, but it, it like, yeah, I, I, it just stopped working after a while and it just wasn't even holding, it was holding it at bay just, but all of this, it was like whack-a-mole, like the eczema was popping out in all different places, like new areas. I was ending up like, like practically going through a whole fucking tube in like, a few days because there yeah. was such a big surface area of my body and so many new places. And I was like, this is not okay. I can't yeah. keep doing this. I've got to yeah. stop. And I just like stopped using it um, cold turkey, which now I'm like, oof. I did I the same. No, no yeah. I've done a lot of research on that. And yeah, it ta- they'd say to taper off, you can taper off, but either way, you're going to, not mm. everyone goes into withdrawal. That's one thing to note that if you do take steroids, not everyone goes into a withdrawal. It just depends if your body's become dependent on it. Um, yeah. So you may not go through a Freya. You might get inflammation of like post not taking steroids, but doesn't mean you go through withdrawal. Um, yeah. But when you stop, I mean, doesn't matter if you t- stop tapering it or you just cold turkey. Either way, mm. what what you've been suppressing will come out. Yeah, totally. Like I did read in my research that. Um, you know, some people are like, oh, cold turkey's not great. You need to taper it. But then there was all these studies um, that were reporting that there's really minimal difference in the in the outcome. So they yes. actually recommend, since it's going to be bad either way, they recommend just yeah. like immediate, immediate stop. Um, and yeah, yeah I um, unless I think unless it's oral steroids, and then I think you got to taper down with them. Right. Yeah. Them and I did read. I did read that. Um, you know, they recommend stopping the, the cream, but then ta- doing a tapering course of oral stor- steroids can be help- helpful because apparently, you know, the addiction of the topical stuff appears to only relate to the topical stuff. But then I'm like, I don't know if that's yeah. even true. I just feel yeah. like more steroids in the body can't really yeah. be great, but who knows? <laughs> um, yeah, so... Yeah, basically like that's been my sort of experience and it's tricky to tell what's written. Like since I've stopped using it, it was about a month ago that I stopped using the creams and pretty much straight away my eczema just fucking exploded and it's worse yeah. than it's ever been. It's spreading to new areas all the time still um, and it's like, yeah, it's pretty unbearable like but it um it's it's also really tricky to tell what's because because I'm still stuck living in this moldy environment um until the trigger is yeah so like it's you know I'm getting all the fatigue and the um you know the low dopamine and serotonin because mold depletes you yes all of your stores and you get mood swings and irritability Mm. and brain fog and um lots of skin issues and all these all these symptoms that are related to mold um 
overlapping. So I'm kind of like, wow, like there's probably a lot going on, mold yeah. as well as a bit of the withdrawal and a bit of my body just being like, holy fuck. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just can't fucking wait to get out of this rental that we're in and finally move. So oh, that I, can I start so feel you on that note because yeah. yeah, Charlie, my partner and I were living in Byron for three years and just kept flooding up there as you would probably know mm. this year, which is why we've made the decision to move back to Melbourne is because, yeah, whilst mm-hmm. going through this condition, which I guess one of the hardest things with it is that there's no timeline. Some people take six months to heal. Some people take five, six years to heal. Um, yeah. So there's no timeline. It's not like you break your foot and they say three months you can walk on it. Um, yeah. You don't know when you're going to get better. So it's really hard to make plans because one week you might be okay then the next week you can just be absolutely mm. horrific. And there's nothing mm-hmm. you can take to help you through it. You have to just sit through it. So um, it's a very uncomfortable situation to be in, but because of the floods, the same as what you're saying, it's like just had to remove all triggers and being in a moldy environment isn't going to help anyone, let alone someone withdrawing or trying to rebuild back their mitochondria and immune system mm. and adrenals. So, yeah, we made oh, yeah. the big move of leaving that beautiful rich landscape and the beach life to come back to beautiful eclectic eccentric melbourne yeah wow have you noticed a difference since being there or it's too soon to tell um well we came from kind of summer there to winter here so i don't even think winter is really a great season for the skin either because it's quite dry Um, but, um, it's just, it's just a time thing. Like every day I know I'm so much better. Like my worst now would be my great two years ago. So like it is getting better. It's just, it's kind of just peaks and troughs. Mm, Um, sometimes I have to get bad before I get good. And my whole, my whole day cycles, Hey, like waves where, yeah, yes, definitely comes in cycles, comes in waves in the whole two years. I've probably had four months of being completely healthy Uh, but other than Mm. that I have been unwell the the entire time yeah wow oh my god all right well oh my goodness (laughs) yeah oh my god oh my god I got more questions but let's just slot in this segment get pregnant and die don't have sex because you will get pregnant and die don't have sex in the missionary position don't have don't have sex standing up just don't do it. Promise? Yes. Um, so do you have a story about how your sex ed failed you? Maybe a funny story about a sex ed teacher or something that you learned or you didn't learn? What do you got? Oh, how sex ed failed me. Gosh. Sex ed in general just wasn't the, a thing at my school really. I think all we did was put a condom on a banana and yep. talk about, you know, this is how you put a condom on. All got bananas, put condoms on, and that, that's that's as far as it went. Um, but, yeah, I guess sex ed- education for me has been mainly when intimate with another person, or especially the partnership I'm in now, it's all about understanding your genitalia and, like, where pleasure lays and how to connect with that. But, yeah, no, sex ed was never about pleasure. It was never about, uh, yeah, not even really about safety. It was somewhat got to do with consent but mildly. So I think it failed me in every way. I, didn't, mm. I don't even remember my teacher. Um, it was so 
long ago and irrelevant at the time in the sense of it's just awkward and embarrassing and not in any way approachable. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, God. If I had a dollar for every person who's basically said the same thing. Um, so funny. I'm going to um, – I've been trying to get um, Charlie, Carla's girlfriend on the potty to do an episode on lesbian sex. So uh-huh. look forward to that if that uh-huh. ends up happening. Um. <laughs> but in saying that, I did get amazing sex ed education from my mother, which I'll never forget. Wow. Yeah, so she was in the car and on a highway and I think I was about 13 and all the windows were up on a highway. So what do you do? Uh, Carla, we need to talk. I'm like, okay, we need to talk about oral sex and sex. And I was like, oh, God. So I start putting the radio up really loud. I'm like, can't hear you, can't hear you. She's like, no, really, darling, we've got to speak about this. I'm like, oh, okay. Put the radio down. And she's like, look, boys these age, they just want to poke and prod you anywhere. And I mean, they want to put their dick anywhere, in your mouth, in your bum, in your vagina, anywhere. But you say to them that, yes, you, if they ask you for a blowjob, you say to them, yes, you can have a blowjob, but you give me one first. Okay. Um, and I thought at the time just, oh, ew, mom, go away. But now I thought that that was just the most empowering advice to receive, which is before you give your pleasure, make sure that you receive pleasure. Own your pleasure. Oh, my God. I love your mom. That's yes. amazing. Yes. So that definitely has influenced me my whole teenage life. So I thought, well, I'm not going to give anything if I don't receive anything. So it was always on a mutual term, which was great. Mm, awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah. That, so, yeah, that's she was my best teacher. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck, yeah. Hey, with the bananas, my school had – they had these like plastic bananas that opened up and inside the plastic banana or you took the lid off the banana, like the top bit of the banana you could remove and there was a pink like plastic penis underneath. Did you have Oh, wow. No, no. We had bananas and after we put the condoms on them, we ate them. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Recess. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A phallic recess. Oh, my God. Love it. All right, cool. Well. <clears throat> All right, let's get back into the nitty gritty of um of TSW. So, like when when you're talking about um how it kind of it'll, it, I remember you saying like it might go away for like um you know the symptoms might sort of not be too flared and go away for like a month or two, but then they'll come back for like three months, and then they might go away for like two months, but then they'll come back for another. Th- you know, like. What do you think, is that because your adrenals are just so fried at that point? Like why does it get better and then come back? Like do you know much about what's going on, why there's nerve pain, why you're getting insomnia, like all of that? Yeah, well, I mean pretty much what's happened is the steroids have damaged your kidneys um, and your kidneys are trying to repair. And repair takes time but it also – to get better, you have to get unwell. So if you think about having toxins in your body, they call it a healing crisis in a way. When when you do like a fast or um, like a water fast or a fruit kind of fast, you go into apoptosis, which is like the death of mm-hmm. your old cells. cells. Yeah, mm. um, and that's great, but it's also quite dangerous because it promotes like a purge and that purge mm. normally comes out through 
what doesn't always come through skin for people it can come through like headaches or you know feeling sick in the stomach or stomach aches mm. something like that but for me it's my skin so uh yeah it's a purge it's a purge of the steroids of the chemicals of the toxicity of the inflammation and it comes through um and it takes a long time for it to come out so yeah, the adrenals are completely taxed, which is why, again, your cortisol is constantly just trying to repair its flow because we're all circadian rhythm human beings. We've all got our body clocks. And what the steroids do is they they stop you from producing your cortisol. Um, so your body's trying to build it back again, but it doesn't know what time to build it back. It doesn't know when's appropriate to give you that much. So it's trying to find its feet again, its rhythm um so what's happening to me is my cortisol is kind of being produced and boosting at night time which is when you're meant to get it in the morning um when you mm. wake up and feel fresh so when i i can have so much cbd oil i can have thc oil i can have you name it anything to try and knock me out to go to sleep and it won't work because my cortisol is too high at night time so mm. your body is just trying to find its rhythm after being so damaged um, so that's why so many things, I don't fully, fully understand why it can get better than goes bad again, but I think it's just, just a, the body's way of trying to heal and get rid of it. Yeah. 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 Wow. Excuse the interruption, my loves, but I'm shamelessly seeking reviews and five-star ratings for the potty because as I'm sure you've noticed by now, it's pretty fab and the more people who get to hear it, the more people it can help. Reviews and ratings help me curry favour with the algorithmic gods and get suggested to other listeners to check out. Plus, they make me feel really good and appreciated as I continue to pour my heart and soul into creating this baby for you. And I promise I don't maz over them or anything. I mostly just tuck them away for a rainy day when I'm filled with self-doubt and existential dread about being self-employed, which is fairly frequently. (laughs) So you see, leaving a review really does make a difference and it's an easy little act of support that you can take in just a minute or two by either going to Spotify and leaving five stars for the show or writing a written review and leaving five stars over on Apple Podcasts. Choose your poison, or if you're a real overachiever, you could do both. Whoa now. If you are writing a review, though, just be sure to only use G-rated words because despite the fact that this is a podcast about sexuality, words like sex can be censored and your review won't actually show up. Lame. Anyway, oh, oh, what was that? Oh, you're going to go do it right now while I wait. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great idea. May as well just quickly click that five-star button before we get on with it and, you know, like forget about it and get on with your day. Um, um, oh, I'm hearing them roll in. I'm hearing those five stars. <laughs> oh my God, I make myself cringe. Anyway, uh, thank you much, Lee. You're a total gem and I'll let you get back to the episode now. When you realized that this is what was happening with you, obviously you're going to medical practitioners and things and I'd imagine there was a lot of trial and error trying to find the right ones, trying to find ones that actually believed you and that could could like knew about this enough to support you. What yeah. has been your journey with that and how like what response did you get from medical practitioners? Have you found any really amazing ones that you actually feel really heard and supported by? Mm, yeah, that's that's a great question. God, I have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on medical bills <laughs> trying to yeah. find the right doctor, to find someone who will listen because 
it's actually really traumatic for me seeing a practitioner because I find I need to educate them on what yeah. I'm going through because it's so unknown. Mm. And every time I talk about it, I have to bring up the emotions of how I'm feeling. And in a way, it's like justifying myself and trying to explain what I'm going through and explain what the condition is. So that in itself is just, oh, it, it, it really stopped me from seeing a lot of practitioners at the beginning because yeah. I just couldn't justify why I was doing what I was doing and I didn't want to be told to go back on steroids. Um, I did do mm. research before I stopped doing steroids. I did my research, sorry, before I stopped taking steroids and I knew I was going to go through topical steroid withdrawal. But what mm. I had researched had said for every year that you're on steroids, it should take a month to detox. So in my head, I thought I was on them on and off for two years, so two months. I mentally prepared for mm. two months. Um. So that's what I was like, okay, I'm going to give myself two months of complete suffering and I'm just going to sit through it and just know it will end. Um, and then it, it didn't. It just kept going and it was really, really, really bad for six months. I went to a couple of doctors in that time. Each time I went to the doctor, even when I went to an integrative doctor, they just told me yet again I need to go on steroids. So I just stopped going to the doctor in general and I went and saw a naturopath. Um, and he was an integrative nat- naturopath. Um, and, yeah, he was really, really helpful. He gave me a lot of supplements to work with, and I noticed I got a lot better when I started seeing him. Um, and from that point onwards, I kind of, you know, when you're part of these support groups with thousands of people on them, there's one answer to how to heal from this, and that's time. Um, mm-hmm. So... My, my kind of understanding is what can I do, given that I have to give it time, what can I do to support my system? What does support look like? Mm. To me, it meant getting acupuncture twice a week. Uh, it meant getting massages to calm my nervous system. It meant, well, I can't do exercise because I can't sweat because my body burns up. So what can I do? Yeah. I can do a lot of yin. I need to meditate. I need to do neuroplasticity. I need to listen to books and, sorry, listen to audio books and read books like Joe Dispenza, which is like changing the habit of mm. breaking breaking yourself and tr- really trying to harness my mind and know that, um, yeah, that I needed to keep my mind strong. I've done things like somatic therapy where I'm letting out my anger through therapy. Um, tra- at the moment I'm doing EDMR to help with trauma so I'm really coming from every angle of um, healing kinesiology. I, I've tried, <laughs> like, you name it, I've gone down there. I've done water fasts for a week. I've done juice fasts. Um, yeah, I've, I've just taken it so seriously. It's been my full-time job, which is, like, how to mm. heal. But now I'm just in a space of if I can find something that supports me, I'll do it. Yeah. Because yeah. – no one, there's no magic pill to get rid of it, but there are ways to support your body to get through it because your body is just going through hell. It needs as much support. So finding a practitioner, I'm seeing a doctor at the moment called Dr. Dan Sipple. He's a naturopath um, and he's working with me and monitoring me um, as I move through this process still. Um, and he really has a lot of empathy and that's what you need in this situation. You need someone who will listen, that has empathy and can understand that you're, you're choosing to, yeah, take an alternative route and support you through that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're already 
so compromised and so, I mean, you're just suffering so much. Everything is hard already. And then to rock up into a doctor's office or a practitioner's office, like I so related to you just saying like, holy fuck, it's actually traumatic to just have to go and start afresh with another practitioner and like educate them, tell them the whole backstory, repeat like all the same things and then reassure them. Yes, I've tried that. Yes, I've heard about that. Yes, yes, yes. Like that doesn't work. Listen to me. Like it's just exhausting. And I've done that with like a few different health things I've had going on and still have going on. And it's, it's more trouble than it's worth most. Like, honestly, it's just so draining and you come out of there feeling like completely defeated and disheartened and unheard, unseen, um, you know, invalidated in your experience and your truth. And it's like, this is fucked. You guys are supposed to be healing and listening and they just, you know, I've been to so many practitioners that just don't seem to have any of that empathy and, in fact, a bit like, blamey are like well if you're not going to just take this drug or like do the thing that I say then it's your fault like you want to stay sick if you're not going to be prepared to do that and I'm like wow that's just the last thing someone needs like it's just it breaks my heart that things like you know it's so prevalent with women's conditions as well like things like endometriosis the average time for diagnosis is eight fucking years and that's like on average. So sometimes it takes longer and people are going to doctors and all different specialists trying to find out why they're in like horrific chronic pain and no one's fucking listening to them. No one's giving yeah. them the time of day or an answer. So like I really I really relate to that and it's like unbelievably like uplifting when you find a practitioner who's empathetic, they listen to you, they take everything that you're saying seriously and they're like, "Cool. All right, I'm on your team." Let's work on this together. How can we support you um, in a way that you're comfortable with that isn't going to be putting more crap into your body and isn't going to be trying to Band-Aid solution this? Like I've like been in tears when I've had a practitioner actually do that for me. I'm just like so grateful and so exhausted. (laughs) Yeah, well, even the language that they use, you know, I think they said to me at the beginning, you've got uh, an autoimmune disease and – when you break it down and say, well, you know, what, what does that even mean? They're like, your body is attacking itself. Now, the fundamental principle that I've learnt with the body in the last two and a half years is your body is only trying to heal itself. You know, if you go and fall over and you get a graze or a cut, what's your body doing the next day? It's healing. It's creating a scab and it's creating a scab to create skin underneath that eventually the scab will fall off and you'll have perfectly healed skin. Your body's always healing itself. It's not fighting itself. If your body is uh, inflamed, it's because there's an underlying issue. It's not because your body's attacking itself. It's because there's a trigger, and that trigger could be mold. And so your body's going in overdrive by trying to, you know, uh, fight off mm. the mold, which ends up creating inflammation in your body. It could be gluten. It could be could be so, it could be a deficiency in minerals. It could be so many things. But they just because the system is so secular, they just see it as the skin, there's an issue, let's suppress it, not okay, what's really going on, not just autoimmunity, just not slapping on a label like your body's attacking itself. It's not. Why is it attacking itself? Why is it creating inflammation? What is going on? And that's why I think integrative doctors are really amazing. Holistic doctors are amazing because they have a macro lens and a micro lens as well and they can zoom in and zoom out and get to the root of the root. Um, the butt of the bud kind of situation mm, um, yeah. and understand why things are happening, not 
getting just getting rid of them because they're there for a reason. They're coming up for a reason. Your body's intelligent. So yeah, yeah I think reshaping totally. and using language. Like imagine walking into a doctor's clinic and the first thing they say to you is, "Your body's just your body's so intelligent. It's just trying to heal. You've got." you know, a mm. chest infection. Your body's actually just trying to produce phlegm to get rid of the virus. You know, imagine if yeah. they just told you that you're actually, you're sick because your 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 body's intelligence is trying to get rid of something, not like mm. walk in and think it's doomsday because you're in a doctor's office. Yeah, totally. It's so classic, isn't it? Just masking the symptoms and like, you know, a fever. We think of a fever as like, oh shit, got to bring the fever down. Oh my God, you're sick. But like the fever is actually your body just trying to heat itself to kill off the bad guys so that it can Absolutely. get better and it's a necessary it part out. of healing. Yeah, yes, like exactly. we just are so misguided. Um, yeah, which is so unfortunate because it, it's like you were saying, it just it really strips us of our sovereignty and our ability to make like informed decisions about our own health. And um, yeah, it's really really sad to me and I'm still still on the hunt for that golden goose of a practitioner who's just all over it um yeah but yeah they so, are about they are about yeah you just gotta dig dig deep yeah yeah dig deep totally. and wait time like even my wait time to see the doctor that I'm seeing now is was six months waiting list so yeah you know yeah. like they're around but they're wanted <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and you were saying like that you've spent just like hundreds of thousands of dollars on, on your health, like fucking yep. Resonate with that. I have been on such a massive journey for like eight years, I reckon, since the first time I was, um, exposed to toxic mold and so many different things going on. So many mystery, this and that. And like, it's just fucking expensive as hell. Like how have you, how the fuck have you been able to support yourself and like how has it affected, I mean, because you couldn't work for a lot of that, which means you couldn't earn money, right? Like are you able to get a disability pension? Has your partner been supporting you? Like has that affected the relationship? Like how have you managed to hold it together? Yeah, it's been wild. To be honest, it happened like at the best time ever in the world for me in the sense of uh, COVID because True. there was the government um, help for that time. So because I was made redundant, I was on the job seeker payment, which was great. I thought the universe is supporting me through this. Obviously, mm-hmm. I'm not on that now, but I was always freelancing because I, I do graphic design. So I was able to work from home despite what state I was in. So that has been helpful. Um, mm-hmm. But, yes, doctors, medical bills, like, you know, my last doctor session, which was last week, like the bill racked up to $700 yeah. just from just from supplements and the, the consultation. Mm. So, yeah, I've been really fortunate to have support from my parents when it's been really, really expensive. Um, mm. But, no, I just think it's really, oh, it's a privilege to be able to heal yourself and see these kind of doctors because they're not, they're not cheap. Um, mm. And yeah, you have to prioritize your health and you have to go without many things so that you can get better. Yeah. 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 And I, I imagine that that would have just put so much strain on yours and Charlie's relationship, like her having to be a carer. And like, I know for me, I, I haven't been at that level 
where I've been totally bedridden for a long period of time. But like, I just noticed that it puts a lot of strain on Locke and I um, being in that dynamic. And also I start feeling like, I don't know if this is, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but just personally, my experience has been like, I almost just feel like I'm a broken record at this point and there's always something going on with my health or, you know, there's something, my eczema, my skin, this and that, like is, is really like hampering me or causing suffering. And I just feel like I, I don't even want to talk about it a lot anymore. Cause like, I know that he is like, you know, loving and caring and trying to support me, but like it gets old after a while and you just feel like a burden. Like, well, I feel like a burden and I feel like mm-hmm. I'm kind of holding us both back and I can't even like, like, it's just, I get into this little pity party space sometimes where I'm just like, holy fuck, like no one understands. No one can really like get how difficult this is. And it sucks that he has to cop the brunt of like, see me at my worst, look after me when I can't look after myself. Like things like that um, have been, yeah, put a lot of pressure on things. And then obviously that changes the dynamic. Like it's not a super sexy dynamic when like, I feel like just a hot mess that he pretty much has to like look after. And it's not like that all the time at all but like I've definitely had some pretty major stuff go down um even since we've been together the last sort of two and a half years and I feel really uncomfortable with how much I've had to lean on him Mm -hmm. um so yeah I'd imagine that that would be super challenging to be able to receive so much support when you just desperately need it but like you know like you're just not in control Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just like, whoa. Bruh. Yeah. I mean, we've been together for five years now. So we had two years of like, I had like mild skin issues then, um, which I was still needed to work through, but it didn't inhibit us from doing anything. Like, I could still do everything that we wanted to do. I'm so grateful that we had that space and time together because we were just so fluid and free. But yeah, I mean, my heart always hurts for knowing that Charlie's had to, um, yeah, be part of this process because I just, I know how hard it's been for me and I know that this is part of my, it's my, my card, part of my cards that I've been dealt and I've questioned why me, why is this happening, what have I done to deserve this and now I'm just in acceptance. I'm like, this is the card I've been dealt, like, this is my lesson. I need to get through it. You need to stop asking why and just deal with it, be creative, work around it. And yes, every day I feel awful that I can't be my fullest potential for the person that I love most in the world. But uh, I have to always remind myself that they, in the end they choose to, to be here. And if for some reason they are just like, this is too much, I would have to I would have to understand that because I just know how much they've given and being there and just being such a pillar of support. Um, but yeah, I also make sure that when things get too hard that I now am in a situation where I can go to my family house and be supported by them and not put all the pressure mm-hmm. onto the relationship because yeah, I think it's important to feel that they have autonomy as well. Um, and just yeah. to constantly check in and make sure that everyone feels like their needs are being met because obviously us as sufferers, we have to sacrifice so much 
Um, but our partners do too. And they have to, they have to sacrifice things without them having conditions like what they want to eat for dinner or if we can be touched that night or when we feel comfortable mm-hmm. being fully seen. And, you know, it's just so many things that they have to experience too, which really shows, I guess, the integrity and the love and the compassion and, yeah, the unfaltering support that they can offer. And I, sometimes I think to myself, I'm like, this, having this condition, it would be actually easier to be on my own because I wouldn't have to be so vulnerable and be seen through it. But then the other, other part of me is like I would actually just be so sad and depressed and isolated. And, yeah, like the love that Charlie has given me through this process has been the light at the end of the tunnel. Same with, like, my family. Mm. So it's like double two sides of a coin. It's like to would it be easier? Yes. Would it be worse? Yes. <laughs> yeah. so it's just like it's just a horrible situation. No one deserves to go through it. If you can avoid it, please avoid it. And that's why we're sharing it. Hey, it's, it's to share. Mm-hmm. It is to share that there are consequences to certain decisions. Um, but yeah, it all happens. I believe for a divine reason that we can't see. And yeah. to be honest, even though how hor- horrific it's been, it's it's transformed who I am as a person. The last two years have actually put Carla into a cocoon and I know that my butterfly wings will fly as a new butterfly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not who I used to be. I don't smoke cigarettes anymore at all. I don't drink alcohol, have it for two and a bit years. I don't eat gluten. I'm Italian, so I can't have pasta and all the things that I love. I can have gluten-free, but it's not the same, but it kind of is. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> things have been taken away from me that before were my identity. Um, yeah. And I've had to reshape who I am. And now when I, you know, walk away from this experience healed, I'll, I'll remain who I am now. I probably won't drink anymore. And if I do, it will be a special occasion. And I probably, I will never smoke again because I, know what it takes to be healthy and I will never mm-hmm. ever do anything to jeopardize what mm-hmm. that looks like. And I, I think I remember my mom saying to me once, um, if you have your health, you have like a million wishes, but if you don't have your health, you have one wish. And that's mm-hmm. always really sat with me. So I'm just mm-hmm. now in life. I'm like, once I have my full health back, like I've got everything. Yeah huge holy shit your mom is full of these nuggets that's she so is. She's fucking a, true she's a therapist so she's she's got them. Uh, okay <laughs> nice yeah. yeah it's such a thing hey like i feel sometimes i get really frustrated with um uh well just to chuck him under the bus again with my poor partner he's never really had any major health things go down or like big challenges like that chronic health issues so i feel like there's just no possible way he could actually understand and have like the level of like compassion and understanding that someone who had been through that would have and um and it's just so sometimes it's just so frustrating seeing people just like eating heaps of crap and like smoking and drinking and doing whatever and like just really putting their health in jeopardy and being really careless and I'm like wow like what the fuck like I have like it it I've always been pretty conscious of health, um, but there's nothing like having major health things go down that makes you pay attention to every single thing you put in your body and everything you do because you can't take it for granted and you never will again. Like I, I would never, you know, I just can't, I can't relate to the people um, like my partner who just don't 
get it, don't care. They're like, whatever, I'm invincible. It's just that that mindset that you have when you're a teenager, like you're invincible and you can just get away with doing whatever to your body and it will just cop it. And it's like, no, it fucking won't, or at least mine definitely won't. And yeah. um, and I've learned that lesson the hard way. And so it pains me to see the things that people do to their bodies, um, you know. But anyway, that's, yeah, that's why, why wouldn't they, I guess, if they hadn't had any consequences. But yeah. Hey, me again. If you'd like to support the potty and you've already given it five stars on whatever platform you're listening on, I want to mention that you can buy some really dope merch from the website and get yourself a labia lounge tote, tea, togs. Yep, you heard that right. I even have labia lounge bathers or a cute fanny pack if that'd blow your hair back. So uh, if fashion isn't your passion, though, you can donate to my Buy Me A Coffee donation page, which is actually called Buy Me A Soy Chai Latte, because I'll be the first to admit, I'm a bit of a Melbourne cafe tosser like that. And yes, that is my coffee order. (laughs) You can do a once-off donation or an ongoing membership and sponsor me for as little as three fat ones a month. And I also have a Sunroom profile over on the Sunroom app, as I've mentioned, And I also offer one-on-one coaching and online courses that'll help you level up your sex life and relationship with yourself and others in a really big way. So every bit helps because it ain't cheap to put out a sweet podcast uh, into the world every week out of my own pocket. So I will be undyingly grateful if you support me and my biz financially in any of these ways. And if you like, I'll even give you a mental BJ with my mind from the lounge itself. Saucy. Um, I'll pop the links in the show notes. Thank you. Later. Well, I'd love to, um, I guess, like wrap up with some. Actually, let's do the segment TMI, and then we'll and then we'll wrap up because I just realized Sounds we good. haven't done that yet. So, um. Do you have a TMI story that, um, and I don't know if I, I haven't said this on the podcast for ages. I haven't sort of like prefaced this segment. I sort of feel like I don't need to anymore. But for any new listeners, um, I'm rebranding TMI, which stands for too much information, as too much inspiration because I think it's really inspiring and empowering when people talk about those topics that are usually taboo or stigmatized and kind of under the under the rug or behind closed doors um and you know i I think it's disempowering that there's even this concept of like oh too much information i don't want to know that don't talk about sex don't talk about periods don't talk about your body it's gross i'm like fuck that so this segment Uh is for people to chat about anything that would usually be considered too much information for public conversation this is the place so does place. anything spring to mind? <laughs> oh, gosh, there's too many things that spring to mind. <laughs> um, I guess, hmm, I guess for uh, being in the same-sex relationship, Charlie and I are very open with our bodies and our way of connecting and communicating. Um, and when we were in India, uh, which was probably like two years ago now, we oh, – yeah, I saw you guys there. Yes, you did. We bumped into Rishikesh. Yes. Um, so when we were actually staying at a guest house, it was almost like a hotel in in Rishikesh, we – I can't remember if it was Charlie or I, but we had our period and we bled onto the sheets. And we were like, oh, no, what are we going to do? We're like, we'll just, we'll just grab all the sheets and kind of just pile them up and it should be fine because they get cleaned anyway. 
Mm. Anyway, they, we went out for the day and we came out and we actually got kicked out of the hotel um, mm. because there was blood on the sheets. And for them, they thought it was, yeah, it was, they were shaming us pretty much for bleeding on the sheets. So that was a real ordeal for us, I guess, because it made us realize how much as women um, we're just so shamed by our menstrual cycle, our period and tampons. And when you go to the counter, you kind of have to like hide getting them and just – We've come a long, long way uh, in like the Western world, but still, there's so much shame um, that are upon women. Uh, obviously, we had to hide our affection a lot um, yeah, in India right. in that sense, which we respected the culture. However, yeah, when that kind of happened, we were just so shocked that something mm. as instinctual as bleeding, which actually creates the males that kicked us out of the hotel. <laughs> Um, was, yeah, something that had happened. Fuck me. Yeah, wow. Gosh, I can't believe that. That's so ridiculous. Like, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Did you kind of confront them about it or there was no point? Oh, yeah, Charlie definitely did. She had a good – she knew the guy that owned the guest house and I think she actually did her yoga teacher training with him who was one of the trainers and she just couldn't believe that someone who – trains yoga um that's in a space of you know connecting with your body kick someone out for something that's an accident so yeah I don't know it was it was he definitely got a few words spoken to him about it but in the end it was it's their culture (laughs) and what can you do yeah other than inform and educate them yeah far out well thank you for that story um I'd love to leave listeners, I guess, with a little bit of maybe some, uh, I guess, I mean, not that there really seems to be too much of a solution other than, you know, like you're saying, time and stuff like that. But maybe if someone is using steroid creams currently um, or they have eczema or something, like how can we avoid this happening? Like I've read stuff about, um, you know, like if you have eczema, still kind of using it a little bit but taking breaks or not using it more than like twice a week and only once on on the days that you're using it and things like that, apparently that can sort of be effective without actually getting the addiction and then the withdrawals. But I also guess I still just from, I'm just like, From oh my, my knowledge, that, that's <laughs> not fully correct either. Like yeah. I've heard of people that have gone in for an injection and have got it just from one injection. Um, and it had nothing to do with skin. They just actually had a bicycle accident um, and right. then got a steroid injection and then went through TSW. So oh. I also hear about mothers that put it on their babies when their babies have eczema and then the mothers develop topical steroid withdrawal. Yeah, I've heard that so too. So I think that it says on the label don't take for more than two weeks and I think that that's there for a reason. I don't think yeah. it should be taken for more than two weeks. I think if you're in a real acute phase and that's what you feel that you need to do, then just follow like two weeks, take it, see what happens. If it doesn't get better, stop taking it. But, yeah, I would recommend there's some really great skin doctors out there. A lot of them are from America that I follow, which one is called Jennifer Fuego, I believe her name is. 
Um, and then there's another one and she is called the Exma Conquerors um, and they have a podcast and Instagram pages and they are all about mm. getting to the root of the cause of eczema, which normally has a lot to do with gut dysfunction. Yeah. Um, it could be parasites, it could be leaky gut, it also could be heavy mm. metals, it could be liver detox dysfunction, it could be so many, there's so many loopholes. That's the problem with skin issues is there's so many different areas that could be affecting while you're having it. But what you yeah. need is someone that understands this and is willing to go down a rabbit hole of discovery with you um, to, yeah, help you rebuild back your your weakest area. It could be the gut, so, you know, probiotics, eliminating inflammatory foods, drinking mm. celery juice, alkaline it could be something as simple as that so yeah yeah I don't really have the advice for everyone because everyone has skin issues for different reasons but Mm. it is a wormhole and it's worth investing in someone who's intrigative that can yeah help you get to the root of the root because the cream Mm. it's not getting rid of it all it is is suppressing yeah Exactly. It's just, you know, it squashes it for a little while, which is just a total band-aid solution. And then it allows you to go longer with the underlying condition because it makes it bearable for a while. But then next minute, you've been using it way longer than you intended because you just can't get by without scratching yourself to fucking pieces. Um, And then you're in this situation. So I think like I also... um, uh, when you were talking right at the beginning about how you your doctor was trying to get your mum to put it on your genitals, there's actually um, evidence showing that putting it on your genitals or your face will will be a um, uh, will create a higher likelihood that you will get withdrawals from it. Yeah, I guess those areas are like really I don't know sensitive and absorptive. I don't know. It's the but skin. yeah, it's very thin, so it goes straight mm. into your bloodstream. Right. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. And they're very vascularized areas. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely avoid those areas. If you've got a child or a baby, like, oh my God, please don't fucking put it on your kids. And like, honestly, putting this cream on, if you're only able to use it for two weeks, that's not going to get rid of the problem. And then you'll just be back to square one, but you'll have this stuff in your system and you'll have the beginnings of a reliance on it. And the temptation will then always be there to start using it again. And honestly, like any time I've used these creams, it gets rid of it really quickly and you're like, oh my God. But then when you stop using it, it flares up worse than before. So I just feel like stay the fuck away. (laughs) Um, But yeah. (laughs) That's not a professional or medical opinion, but I don't know. It's like... It's a lived yeah. experience from yeah. people yeah. that have suffered from it. So, yeah. 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 And um, in my sort of research, I found a um, – so, obviously, Itzan. Um, they've just got like itzan.org. I'll put that in the show notes. And there's this woman who had um, – she's had TSW for six years and she's created a documentary called Preventable, Protecting Our Largest Organs. So, this doco, Preventable, I haven't watched it yet, but it sounds like it's really great and informative. Um, I don't know. Have you watched the doco? I actually haven't just because I just get too traumatized watching things yeah. like that. Triggering. <laughs> um, yes, it is. But um, I do follow all of that stuff. I do have to silence it. But when I do research, I do follow that. There's a doctor too called Dr. I think his name's Rapport and he is a dermatologist in um, America that is reporting all of these incidents of TSW. And I think he's got mm. like over thousands of cases. So he's 
a big speaker for ITSAM. Um, cool. So that's a great person to look into too. Yeah, cool. Yeah, there's actually so much info about it. I can't believe I hadn't heard of it and that doctors haven't heard of it because it, it feels like once it's on your radar, you're just like, oh my God, this thing is huge. Like the Facebook group has like, you know, nearly 20,000 people in it that are all suffering from this thing. And I'm like, wow, why is this not more common knowledge? So that's why I was just like really passionate about getting this out there because I think eczema is quite common and gut health issues are so fucking common. And gut health is always like, it's always at the root cause of most stuff. There'll be other stuff going on, but I feel like it always or often comes back to the gut. Um, And so I feel like even if you're not suffering from the withdrawals, like, at some point you might have a skin issue or you might, you know, be prescribed or encouraged to use these creams and it's just important to know about the risks involved. So, yeah, a little bit off topic for the labia lounge, but I hope this was interesting <laughs> and helpful for people. Um, and currently my labia are covered in eczema, so it's oh, very relevant for me. <laughs> healing to the labia. Yeah. Thanks, babe. Thank you for your time and yeah, just your vulnerability and generosity with sharing your experience for everyone. Mm, My pleasure. I feel like part of this journey that I'm going through is to offer this information out to the public as much Mm. as possible because I wish before I took, decided to take the creams, I knew. I wish someone had told me or I'd heard of what could possibly happen so I could have Mm. been more mindful um so yeah to get this word out i already know that my story has shaped so many decisions already whether people have been prescribed the cream decide to go a different way or they've stopped taking it um Mm. if that can be part of my experience of aiding and helping and supporting and yeah just Mm. deterring these situations that would be amazing yeah fabulous well you're doing an amazing job keep at it um keep healing yeah, keep healing. I'll be there with y'all. <laughs> yeah, I'll see you on the smooth side of town. Totally. Can't fucking wait. <laughs> <laughs> you got this, girl. Thank you Bye, for your time. Everyone. And that's it, darling hearts. Thank you for stopping by the Labia Lounge. Your bum groove in the couch will be right where you left it, just waiting for you to sink back in for some more double L action next time. And in the meantime, if you'd be a dear and subscribe, share this episode or leave a review on iTunes, then you can pat yourself on the snatch because that, my dear, is a downright act of sex positive feminist activism. And you'd be supporting my vision to educate, empower, demystify and destigmatize with this here podcast. Also, I'm always open to feedback, topic ideas that you'd love to hear covered or guest suggestions. So feel free to get in touch via my website at freyograph.com or say hey over on Insta. My handle is Freya underscore graph underscore YMT and I seriously hope you're following me on there because damn, we have fun. We have fun. Anyway, later labial legends. I'll see you next time.